You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. Our first guest today is Martin Fukuda. He is COO of N2 Publishing. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. As I said, Martin Fukuda is our first guest. Excuse me, Martin, welcome to the program. Hey, Rick, thank you. It's great to be with you. It's good to have you here. Martin, tell us a little bit about your professional background, kind of your your path to N2 Publishing. Sure. Um, my uh, track is mainly in the sales and uh, sales training side, and then uh, I sort of stumbled into the print industry uh, a few years ago. And uh, I actually knew uh, the two co-founders of N2 Publishing, Earl Seals and Dwayne Hickson. I met them in my very first uh, sales job out of college, actually, and I uh, kind of lost touch with them. I went on to do other things, and in the meantime, they went on to found N2 Publishing in 2004. And um, they, uh, of course, N2 Publishing is a, uh, a print uh, company where we produce a, uh, magazines uh, across the country. And uh, Dwayne Hickson had heard through some mutual colleagues that I had gotten myself into the print industry. And at the time, N2 was a new venture new company they were looking for a vendor to partner with uh, to produce the actual publications themselves and so Dwayne asked me if I wanted an opportunity to bid on the work and uh, of course I said yes and uh, long story short I uh, actually started as a vendor for M2 Publishing before I was ever part of the company and uh, then I got the call after uh, about a year of doing work with them from Dwayne that uh, in a nice way I had been fired from uh, being their vendor because uh, the company was really poised to go in a, a, the right direction with growth, and they were bringing all of the bat, uh, manufacturing capabilities in-house, and uh, they really they no longer had need for, uh, for my company. And that really caught my attention. I was already intrigued by the business model, and when uh, it came time for me to transition careers, I had to look at them, too, and take a hard look at it, and uh, it didn't take much con- convincing for me to, uh, to join, uh, join the, the team because uh, I saw the direction the company was heading in. I see that you're the uh, chief operating officer and uh, yes, COO, sir. and tell us what is your respon- What are your responsibilities at Into Publishing as the COO, Martin? Yeah, you know I have a, a phenomenal job. Uh, I get to work with our home office team. Our corporate headquarters are located in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I get to work with um, a lot of different facets of the business. I'm actually here in, in Chicago right now at our sales conference. We have a couple throughout the course of the year, so get to interact with a lot of our sales force. But uh, in Wilmington, I get to work with our design teams, uh, our print team, um, accounting and finance a little bit, as well as our uh, administrative team. So I get to really wear a lot of different hats in my role as I as I oversee the corporate team. 
So let's talk a little bit about the business model, which you alluded to earlier for N2 Publishing. Many people that are in our listening audience who are CEOs of middle market companies may be projecting something onto the fact that your firm is in the publishing space and that you started sure. in 2004. That's uh, I don't know that you're... You're not the first publishing company I've had on the radio show over the years, but you might be the newest publishing company that we've had here on the radio show. What is the business model that allows N2 Publishing to be successful in the publishing industry? Yeah, um, Rick, I'm happy to tell you a little bit more about what we do. Um, We produce custom monthly magazines for small communities or neighborhoods uh, throughout the United States. So what we try to do with each one of these publications, um, and when I say a community or a neighborhood, think more of an HOA than a large city or suburb. That's really where our focus is. And what we try to do is celebrate the best of each one of these communities on a monthly basis. So the content that you'll see in the publication uh, will feature residents, uh, will feature relevant news, things that's happening uh, in a particular neighborhood. Um, Really, it's something that uh, if you live in the neighborhood, uh, there's probably some interest that you have in who lives around you. Uh, whether you know them well or don't know them at all and like to get to know them a little bit better. That's really what our publication attempts to do in print on a monthly basis. And uh, one of the neat things about the publications is that they're also free for the people that live in the neighborhood. You have to live in one of our communities to receive the publication, and you get it in your mailbox every single month. Um, It's actually funded through the sale of advertising. Um, So we allow local businesses to connect with these neighborhoods on a little different fashion than they might uh, in other forms of advertising. It's a little bit more intimate, um, and that's uh, really uh, taken off, and uh, we've been able to expand uh, quite a bit over the past few years across the country. So you're listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Martin Fakuda, who is the COO of N2 Publishing, is our first guest here on the program. And, and so help me to understand, without giving away any confidential information about N2 Publishing, sure. but what is the revenue model then for the company? It's, it's pretty simple. Um, we gather all our revenue through the sale of the advertising space through these local publications. So uh, right now, N2 has about 450 publications that we do um, throughout the nation, and uh, we're in the process of expanding that um, quite a bit this year as well. And uh, a local business, um, if you're looking to connect um, with a neighborhood or small community that might be just down the street from them, They'll meet with one of our local salespeople, or what we call area directors, and uh, they'll see if it's a fit for them. And uh, we uh, try to establish relationships with our advertising partners um, and the communities really for uh, the long haul. And um, we really try to cater the uh, ways that each business can reach uh, these neighborhoods um, through that uh, consistent advertising focus uh, month to month. Okay, so you, you've an, you've anticipated and answered a few of the questions. We have about two minutes left on this first segment, Martin, but I'd like to kind of understand um, how did the founders identify this as a, as a niche that could scale to the size of the 450 publications that you're doing today? I mean, what did they know or see in the market that said this would be a successful idea and venture? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. The idea is certainly not an original one. Um, there are neighborhood newsletters all across the country. Um, What we do is not so much the four- to eight-page variety. Um, We're sort of uh, more like a very targeted or focused regional magazine. But I think what our our founders did a great job of was really 
taking a, a product that already existed, trying to find a way to maybe um, make it a little bit better than, than some other uh, companies are able to do, but also at the same time to, to realize that there was that scalability overall as a company and to have a vision that this is something that could go from a single neighborhood to nationwide uh, over 46 states right now and over 450 publications. And so they were able to, to see that um, when I think a lot of other people would have looked the other way. I'm here in Southern California. We broadcast from OC Talk Radio's uh, headquarters here in Costa Mesa, California. I know that you have one of uh, a regional manager or associate publisher here in our market. Does that mean again that you're a na- you have a national footprint now? Yeah, we do. We actually have some publications there in Orange County, uh, Coda de Casa, and, and Bill Park are a couple publications we do. But uh, we do have a presence in 46 states. Um, each one of our publications is very regional, hyper local. But uh, we basically duplicated that model across the nation. And uh, like I said, we have about 450 publications as of today, and uh, we're planning on probably launching at least another 100 markets this year. That's very exciting. I'm glad to see a publishing model scaling and and being successful like that, Martin Fukuda. We're going to take our first commercial break here, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the mission of the publications for N2 Publishing. So stay tuned. Learn about the publishing industry through Martin's eyes on Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our commercial sponsors. Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we are a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers we'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. 
Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Martin Fakuda is our first guest. He is COO of N2 Publishing. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on radio station octalkradio.net or broadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Martin, while we were on our commercial break, uh, the question was about content. Can you share a little bit about how N2 Publishing creates 450 publications with local content? Sure, absolutely. Um, What we do is our publications are written really by the readers um, for the readers, um, the people that live in the communities that the publications get delivered to. And what we found is really effective by that is it's in a large way a a really strong show or demonstration of readership is that, uh, of course, people wouldn't be reading the publication. uh, They wouldn't be able to submit content unless they read the publication and knew about it that way in the first place. So we try to make it very easy for a resident to get involved with our publication. It's very common for residents to uh, readers to get involved by uh, writing articles or submitting photos and really uh, embracing our concept because it is about their neighborhood and their community. And it's a way for them to get involved in things. Do you have any content that is generated out of N2 publishing, say maybe common content that, that is across all the uh, 450 publications, or is it all user-contributed content? You know, it's almost all user-contributed content. Um, we have the occasional article that might be pertinent or relevant across the board, but we really aim for the vast majority. Um, in most cases, uh, 90% or more of the content is going to be unique to the individual uh, readership or community that uh, we're heading towards. That's very interesting. I I, um, I don't know how large the staff of, of your publishing firm is, but I uh, have some experience with user-contributed uh, content, and sometimes it can be a bit of a uh, herding cats in some ways to get the people to meet the deadlines and contribute their content. Uh, managing 450 different publications, I would imagine there's a there's a lot of contributors to those publications, and deadlines that have to be reinforced and supported. So you must have some level of support organization that keeps each publication moving on to the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some wonderful people um, in the organization, top to bottom. In the field, um, we have a local who we call area director, who they're the ones who are building relationships with each of the communities that we work with. And then in our home offices in Wilmington, North Carolina, We've got a phenomenal staff of designers, administrative uh, team members, as well as our print department that 
really gets the publications um, out in a timely basis. But the, the concept of a, a neighborhood magazine, I know it can sound very simple, but as you alluded to, Rick, um, when you have as many moving parts and as many moving pieces that we do have, um, that's why it's, it's taken us some time to get our model down, quite frankly. Um, next month is the 10-year anniversary of N2, and uh, we've got hundreds and hundreds of very talented people in our organization who bring uh, a lot of uh, experience and a lot of success in other walks of life. But uh, it's, it's still always been a challenge to, uh, to figure it out. And I, I think uh, certainly won't want to say that we've got everything figured out and we don't have anything to improve upon. But uh, it's taken 10 years of very, very hard work uh, to get to the point where we're at today. Uh, and to be successful as we're at today, um, and uh, we we owe it to our, our team that we have. You know, Martin, uh, I, I'm th- I'm sorry, I'm talking with Martin Fakuda. He is COO of N2 Publishing, and I'm I'm intrigued by your business model and, frankly, the success of the business model over the decade since the founders um, started it. And I'm I'm wondering, is it is the publication is the future of the publication to continue to scale and grow in communities? Is there an opportunity for the company to possibly go public i mean do you do you know being on the c-suite and the c-team you know what's the what's the future look like for n2 publishing (laughs) well you know we're we're certainly excited about our our future um at uh, this point there's no no plans whatsoever um for the company to go public and um i know that uh, as i mentioned we're in we're in 46 states right now um this year there's a lot of a future of growth and plans for growth that's already well into motion uh, as we'll be opening up a, a lot more publications and then of course the long-term future um you know we're excited about that too um we uh, keep things pretty simple um as a company we have the the one product that uh, we really are trying to refine and continue to improve. But, of course, international expansion is, is something that uh, is, is definitely something that we're going to be taking a look at um, as we uh, continue to grow. And, and it's probably, the I'd say, the next step. Okay, Martin, sorry, I talked over you a little bit only because I've got other questions that I want to ask you. And we have <laughs> about five minutes left for your part of this interview. Have you guys looked at, I'm familiar with Cota de Casa and Villa Park. I, I recognize th- their demographic uniqueness, as it were, to Southern California and Orange County in particular. But those aren't the only two communities that share that type of uh, demographic makeup. There's there are Covenant Hills and Ladera Ranch. There are Irvine, and then obviously the beach cities with quite an affluent population. But is there a certain demographic that you're looking to place an into publication into the community that has proven to be successful in your model? Yeah, you know, in, in terms of our de- demographic, I think, you know, certainly part of it is the the size of, of the community that we're working with. Again, as I mentioned earlier, think more HOA or neighborhood than city or large suburb or anything along those lines. And so we know that um, based on that type of a population basis, um, that it's the right feel for having the intimacy that we want in our publications, where we very much want the readers to recognize the people that are in a publication, sort of like the yearbook concept. As you flip through the pages of a yearbook, it has value and meaning to you. You look at every picture and every page because there's a lot of facial recognition if you don't know everybody on a first-name basis if you went to a larger school. So that's a very important component of it as well. And then a large part, too, it's based on um, advertising as well. Um, we talk to uh, our business partners, our advertising partners throughout the country, and uh, we ask them, you know, who are the, the 
company or who are the types of people that are their customers and um, who would they like to reach out to and maybe in some cases they're the types of customers that are a little bit harder to reach through the traditional forms of advertising. Any sense for what the total available market is relative to the community-based concept? I mean, your your 46 states, 450 publications. Any any sense for what the top-end headroom is for this business model across the U.S. before you even expand into North America, let alone Europe and other parts of the world? Sure. Um, I think we're still finding that out, Rick. Um, I certainly would tell you that we're nowhere near um, what we where we feel is, is the cap in, in the United States. Um, as I say, we've got... Um, hundreds of, of publications that um, we plan on launching over the next uh, year to two years, um, and uh, we'll continue to kind of head, head in that direction. And uh, I think as we go and continue to refine our business model, we're finding more and more ways to really establish what the marketplace is. But uh, we certainly feel like there's a, a lot of room for growth for us in, uh, within the United States, that's for sure couple other questions with just a few minutes that I have left with you, and I'm talking with Martin Fakuda. He is COO of N2 Publishing about their unique and successful 10-year-old business model of local publications, community papers, community magazines, I should say, for across the country. Are you a capital-intense business, or is your printing outsourced, and, and really you're a, a service-oriented company? How... Being the COO, you must look at the cost drivers of your business. Kind of, where where is the what's the cost model look like without giving away anything confidential, Martin? Sure. Yeah, we um, we do um, in house the majority, actually all of the design work um, for the publications. All the publications get laid out by our employees. I've got a fantastic team of designers that we work with in Wilmington, and then we also do the majority of the of the printing in house. So we, we to answer your question, we do have. Um, our own print equipment, and um, we really try to control as much of the process um, as we can to make sure we're delivering quality product and also hitting deadlines, too. Okay. In your hiring model, because you talked to the size of the staff, any sense for the hardest positions to fill within N2 Publishing? Um, you know, I think that uh, we we found that um, the most difficult thing for us to, to hire for, and it's not necessarily a particular role, um, we're extremely passionate about our culture, um, and it's a, a culture that, uh, to describe it very quickly here, I would say a we-not-me type of culture where we value teamwork. And I would say that's the number one thing that we probably um, would prevent somebody from having an opportunity with our companies if they don't kind of see that, if we don't see that, that type of personality through them in the interview process. But uh, we've been fortunate to um, have a, a wealth of great candidates to pull from in all of our various departments. But uh, cultural fit is, is definitely a, a competency that uh, we pay the closest attention to, I would say. All right, Martin, you, you have shared a lot of great insight. You've actually reframed my thinking about the publishing business. You might be familiar with a publication called the Orange County Register. It's the dominant newspaper here in Southern California, at least in the Orange County area. And two entrepreneurs purchased it about two years ago, and they've been revitalizing community newspapers really through a hyper-local model that they're using to compete against you know, web-based content. And I hear many similar ideas in the entrepreneurs that started your firm to what our local entrepreneurs are doing with our uh, major newspapers. So I, I think there are some trends there that others could learn from, not just in the publishing industry, but also really identifying a niche and, and driving that in a way that others can't compete who may not be local. So I'd like to thank you, Martin, for being on the program. Before I let you leave, though, if someone would like to learn more about N2 Publishing, how do they find you online? Uh, we're at n2pub.com. N is a neighborhood, two is the number two, and pub short for publishing, n2pub.com.
Well, again, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for taking time out of what I'm sure is a busy travel schedule there and giving us such a great uh, oversight, I mean, overview, sorry, of N2 Publishing. I've really enjoyed learning about your company. Thank you, Martin Fukuda, for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Tommy Skinner, VP of Shift Freight, is going to be joining us here in the program. I've asked Tommy to join the program to help uh, explain his business model, their their focus on customer service, and how his firm works with 3PL uh, companies. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Tommy Skinner, who's VP of Shift Freight, is our second guest. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure 
through their support and association with our program. Last month, we delivered over 37,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. If you want to reach CEOs of middle market companies in Southern California and across North America, then advertising on critical mass radio shows may be the answer. To learn more, contact Rose Chamara at 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. Please, don't everyone call at the same time. All of our shows can be found on our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, Tommy Skinner, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. Let's start by talking about you. Can you give us a little sense for your professional background, kind of your path to your current position? Sure. Uh, in some respects, it's probably not a conventional one, but I think there's some themes throughout my life that that play out. You know, I really have a background in customer service. Uh, you'd probably scratch your head uh, because I'm a CPA. Typically, uh, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Okay. Right? Yeah, you know, typically you think of an accountant in the back office crunching numbers. Yeah. Uh, but I worked for a professional services firm uh, historically. You know, really, we, we just sold our ideas um, and ourselves. So I spent a lot of time in front of clients um, and really worked for a great firm that, that helped me understand the, the value of uh, customer relationships and, and, and a customer experience. I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial background. Uh, an opportunity with Shift Freight came about, and uh, it seemed to be the right guy to engineer the, the perfect customer experience. So that's your area of responsibility. You're vice president at Shift Freight. What's your area of responsibility? Sure, yeah. I, I oversee all the operations. So there's obviously a significant warehousing and cross-stock component of that, uh, the physical movement of freight, uh, pickups, um, you know, loading of trailers, delivery of the freight. Uh, the other component is really the front office, ensuring that our customer is on the phone via email, um, so on and so forth, that are being serviced timely um, and really through a, through, a seamless, um, through a seamless experience. Okay. And when you were uh, working in the CP- as a CPA, were you doing that here in Southern California? No, actually, I'm, I'm a Midwest guy. You are? Born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I've heard of it. Worked for a number of years in, uh, in Chicago. Really? And how did you end up in Southern California? You know, that really kind of comes down to the opportunity. Uh, that L.A. is really the, the freight mecca of the country. So if you With think our about ports and... Exactly. Yeah. If you think about California as an economy itself, it's one of the largest in the world. Right. Uh, Port of Long Beach is one of the largest ports in the world. So as you can imagine, there's there's a ton of freight here. So you go where the customers are. Exactly. I love that. So Tommy Skinner, he's VP uh, with Shift Freight, and he's here to share the experiences of his firm. So tell me a little bit about Shift Freight and kind of what makes you different. Why why would someone choose to do business with you over others who are in your space, Tommy? Sure. You know, I like to say that we're ultimately a... um a customer service company that happens to move freight. I think historically, if you look at, at the, the transportation industry, the LTL space, you know, it was typically a guy that started with a truck, realized he was good at what he did, bought another truck and four more trucks, and as soon as he knew it, you know, he had a company that was uh, servicing either uh, a region, a concentrated region, or maybe the entire country. That said, there, you know, it's kind of a gritty and, and antiquated industry. So we kind of came to the market saying, uh, let's make freight sexy and 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 let's do things let's a little make bit freight sexy. Let's do things a little bit. Was that in your business model? Was that in your <laughs> business plan? I think it actually just came to mind in this moment. <laughs> it works for me. I love it. But but truly, um, I, I think taking uh, a customer first focus and truly okay. developing a customer experience. Um, we we took a hard look at companies such as Zappos uh, in the e-commerce retail business, um, JetBlue in the airline in- industry. You know, really looked at, at other role models and in other industries that ultimately said there's um, 
there's there's something that we're going to do operationally, but at the core of our business, we're going to service our customer and truly engineer an experience Got that's it. unique. Well, that's very powerful. And those are great, iconic firms that are cross-industry that you can learn from. You know, we believe in the power of peer learning here on Critical Mass Radio Show. That's why we even do this, to let people learn from your experience and the other guests. And that best practice of looking across industries to find iconic firms that you can model is such a great way to invent a disruptive entity inside your industry. And that's just it. You know, I think um, we're trying to really, truly change the industry. Yeah, I mean, I think those those companies that I I noted did, did just that in the spaces that they existed in. Do you think the freight management area, the handling of materials, needs to be changed then? I mean, you obviously, your firm is being successful by doing that, so obviously there's an opportunity for that. But does it, was, has it historically not been a customer service-oriented industry? Uh, different in a lot of ways, right? I think to your point, we've been incredibly successful at what we've we've done. You know, we came to market with a certain model, um, and we're reaping the benefits and successes uh, of this new look at the industry. You know, I, I look at our peers, I look at our competitors. There's a lot of things they do really well, but there's room for growth. You know, I think if you look, you read management books and things of that sort. You know, there's this term playing in blue water, right? Blue um, ocean strategy. Exactly. So we've really carved out a different part of the market. Obviously, in, in capital free markets, I mean, no company would exist if, if their you know the customer base didn't see value. Right. Uh, but but we've been incredibly successful at taking market share, finding the customers that really need that focus on the customer experience. It's not everybody, you know. I think the value that we bring to the table is uh, is significant. Okay, I'm speaking with Tommy Skinner. He's VP of Shift Freight. So without giving away any confidential information, what is your experience of the type of companies, clients that gravitate towards your value proposition? Yeah, interesting you say that. Um, you know, we work almost exclusively with three PLs. So um, that in and of itself is... Um, Can you explain three PLs for our audience? Please? Sure, yeah. A third-party logistics company is really, um, it's an aggregate of, of a ton of shippers, right? So, um, and a ton of carriers. It's ultimately ends up being a one-stop shop for, for your everyday typical middle market um, or small business. So a shipper will come to a 3PL with something to ship. And, um, you know, that 3PL will, will go look at, at its carrier portfolio and, and find the right carrier for, for that move. So what we've done is uh, presented our value proposition to the 3PLs, let them know, you know, the service we provide um, and what our value proposition is. And, you know, ultimately marketed to them what the right fits might be for their customers. And those that like high-touch customer service are the type that appreciate your business model and the way you work with them. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, your best 3PLs out there in general, I mean, despite their customer base, really appreciate um, what we bring to the table. Uh, No matter who their shipper is, you know, they know they can call Shift Freight and get the answers they're looking for. So what is it that is the goal of Shift Freight that makes it a differentiated experience? What would I see as a 3PL that's unique or different with you than maybe what I would see with other competitors who are in the same space? Sure. Um, you know, before we started Shift, you know, in, in the works, thinking about just the things you're talking about, differentiators, we really looked at the customer experience as a whole. Uh, Shift Freight has a long length of haul. That means that um, you're going to be experiencing our services anywhere from, from four days to eight days, depending on where your shipment's traveling in the country. That said, we have a significant period of time with any given shipment 
to create a relationship with our customers. We develop what we call customer touch points. There's about 25 of them. Okay. Each one of those is really an opportunity for us to prove our value. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I would say, and, and so, frankly, I forget the original question, but but yeah. I, I think my, my point is to say that that's really been our value driver and in, in how, from an executory standpoint, uh-huh. we're differentiating ourselves daily. That's powerful. That That is a best practice to look and walk the process that your customers walk, because we talk about that in the peer groups that I lead and on this radio show. My experience is... A company's brand is really made up of the experiences that your clients have with your brand, and you need to understand all the ways they experience your brand to make sure that at each one of those touch points, it reinforces your brand because, my opinion is, the client's direct experience with your with your firm is your brand, regardless of how you position yourself, marketing, the Super Bowl ads you take out. It's what I see as your consumer. Yeah, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, and I say that to anyone that, that hasn't tried us. You know, I, I get the opportunity to talk with uh, a ton of prospects, um, as well as, you know, customers that have used us dozens of times. And and that's the beauty of it. Those that, that, that haven't tried us yet, you know, I can speak seven ways from Sunday about our fantastic, you know, uh, high 90s on time percentage, you know, and, and our incredibly low, you know, claims ratio. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I have to tell them, get a shipment in our network and, and let me prove it to you. Okay, we have about a minute left before our next commercial break. How important has technology been in enabling your business model? Uh, absolutely pivotal. Why? I mean, it is at the foundation of everything we do. Why? Um, I guess, for one, we talk about that customer experience, right? So one of our key drivers uh, is to create seamless visibility from pickup to delivery. Right. So there's a lot that um, technology aids us in doing to ensure that we can do that. You know, I'd say the other, the back end side of that is efficiencies. Hmm. So, you know, striving for, for, for perfection and, and ultimately profitability, we know that we can leverage uh, technology to, to be profitable. Perfect. All right, Tommy Skinner, you're our guest. You're a VP at Shift Freight. We have a couple more questions for him in the next section. Don't go anywhere. We're looking at how this disruptive firm changing the focus using peer ex- examples, best practices from outside the industry is really offering a differentiated experience for clients, and I find that very fascinating. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay around. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. 
Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Tommy Skinner, VP of Ship Freight, is our guest during this segment. And I'd just like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who listen to our show as a podcast. Last month, you downloaded over 12,000 shows, and we appreciate that. We appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Tommy, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about the name Ship Freight. Can you tell us how that name came about? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think if you've been listening to this segment, you know, a, a real theme is, is doing things differently, shifting the industry. You know, that that isn't that that is a pun, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, we're we're, sh- we're shifting we're shifting freight. So it also helps you, I think, with your culture, right? Absolutely. I mean, the name reinforces the whole culture and the core values. That that's it's good to market and branding, but it's probably equally as valuable as an internal cultural building. Mechanism. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know, each and every one of our team members uh, is repeating that word right. hundreds of times daily. So, how many people are in the company? There's about uh, ten team members here in Southern California. Ten. Okay, ten in Southern California. So, uh, I like to ask my guests if, if of all the things that you've learned in your in your business experience, Tommy, if you've developed kind of an overarching philosophy or a belief system or an attitude and approach to business, we call it your guiding principle, mm-hmm. and so. If you can think about the things that you do and how you approach your job, is there a guiding principle that you're using in your role with Shift Freight? It's a really great question. You know, I think we started the show talking a lot about my my background in, in you know customer service and customer experience. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a Midwest guy kind of coming <laughs> from those rooted values. Yeah, he's and, from uh, Michigan. Paul Paul's our engineer. He's from Michigan as well. I just wanted to have that connection there. But that, that's a great connection. I don't think you went to high school together or anything, but. <laughs> But no, you know, I'd say uh, I just I wholeheartedly believe in in the golden rule, you know, and, and treat unto others as as you okay. want, to be, want to be treated. Um, and so, you know, with that, I think internally we built a phenomenal team, and the deal of respect within our culture and 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 the love that we have, you know, within the shift family is incredible. Um, and it can also be transferred externally. Um, you know, I truly believe with every call that that we take, every email that we write, every experience and encounter we have with our customers. There is um, there is a true care there, and there is an understanding that if we were on the other side um, in the customer's shoes, uh, we would want the service that we provide. That is powerful. Thank you very much. I love to ask that question. I'm never quite sure what I'm going to get as an answer, but we've written three books so far with the answers just like that, Tommy. So thank you for contributing to a future book here in the Critical Mass book series. Uh, I understand that your company has a program where you dedicate shipments to nonprofit causes. Can you share that a little bit with our yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm always excited to talk about it. Uh, Shift the world. It's actually, I think, one of the initiatives within our company that I hold near and dear to my heart. You know, I, I think today um, there's often a difficulty in the for-profit world um, to contribute to, to non-for-profit causes, if you will. Um, and, and we found a way to do that right in the core of our business. 
for every shipment um, that a customer uh, books through shift, they can dedicate it to a cause on our website. Um, if the cause they don't want to dedicate it to isn't on there, they're, they're more than welcome to, uh, to apply to have it on there. And with that, we'll donate $1. So it's really, you know, I, th- I think in, in today's business world, um, unfortunately, more often than not, uh, it's for financial reasons that uh, that a company might might give to ch- charities or, or not-for-profit causes on the basis of tax deductions at year-end. But, but we've just, you know, I think we've fundamentally seen that, uh, you know, building communities, changing lives, making the world a better place can be something that companies can do day in and day out um, with typical business transactions. I think that's very powerful, and other entrepreneurs that I've had on the program who have put a giving at the center of the business model have told me that that act has resonated with their clients as well. People um, do business with you not because of that, but that is an important element for many of their client population. Are you finding that with your clients? Absolutely. People take pride in it. I mean, there are millions of shipments moving throughout this country every single day. Um, your, you know, your typical business is shipping something. Um, and, you know, and we work with 3PLs, and that's all they do is book shipments. So uh, I think it's been really encouraging for them to, to see that they can make an impact on their community or, um, or in this country or in this world um, merely by doing what they do every day. So, I mean, you know, it grows month over month, uh, almost doubling, really. Uh, and I, I, I would imagine, you know, within a couple of years, well, hopefully, you know, all the freight that we move um, has a dedicated cause to it. Uh, that's powerful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Tommy. And again, I think hopefully others will listen and maybe learn from that experience and see if you can adapt or adopt a similar giving model to the heart of your business. Not where you give because you're in the community, but you give because it it's benefiting the business and the, and the constituents. Absolutely. Let's talk about challenges. Uh, we all have them. Can you think of just one, Tommy, that you'd like to share with our audience? What the challenge is, Almost more importantly, uh, how is Shift Freight addressing that and mitigating that challenge from affecting your growth? It's funny you use the word growth because I, I think that that might be that might be our biggest challenge. Uh, it's managing growth. Okay. You know, Shift's been around for about a year now. Uh, we've seen explosive growth, um, really ahead of forecasted sales amounts. Um, and things are going great, right? But but with that um, comes growing pains. Um, I, I think you got to take a hard look in ensuring that we can maintain our fundamental values and our value proposition as the organization begins to scale, mm. particularly because we are in the business of a customer experience um, and ensuring that every shipment in our networks executed flawlessly. There's a lot of risk in growth. I guess the latter part of that question is, is how do you manage that? And, and that's building a culture of people around you that, wholeheartedly see the vision for what you're trying to do and execute it every day. Uh, training the people um, among the team effectively and, and just maintaining that vision and keeping the pride in what we do so that as we do do it twice as much this month as we did last and hopefully twice as much next month as we did this month, we're, we're maintaining focus. Right. You don't lose your core, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's a great... Thank you for sharing that because culture is key and as you scale... It's, it really starts with how well you hire. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think our, uh, you know, I think if any if any one of my fellow shifters was in the room right now, they they would laugh and shake their head at uh, <laughs> at some of the rigor we put them through. You know, uh, and 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 maybe when they were going through it, they didn't really see it at the time. But um, you know, as our as our family of shifters has grown, you know, everyone 
everyone is trusting and understanding of, of, of the peers next to them, um, that, that they're there for the right reasons. Right. All right. Let's talk about the future. We have about two minutes left here on the program, sure. and I'm talking with Tommy Skinner. He's VP of Shift Freight. Uh, what does the future hold for your company? Um, you know, we, we talked about growth. There's a whole there's a whole country uh, of freight to be had. You know, we started in the largest outbound market uh, within the country, uh, moving freight into other major markets. We have to continue to expand our footprint. Um, and provide the same great service in, in new markets. You, you know, that's that's something I hear about every day. When are you going to be in the southeast? When are you going to be in Texas? Um, you know, the customers... Do you have to be physically in those markets to be in the market, or can you be virtually there from, say, a Southern California location? Yeah, sure. So um, from Southern Cal, um, you know, we can start to open service offerings into other geographies. Uh, a lot of it comes comes down to the right partnerships, though. I think you've probably gotten the theme over the course of the show that... Um, Perfection is is uh, is absolutely the rule. So it's it's finding the right fits. But but you know that said, you know um, customers salivate over the services we have to provide, and, and we just have to find ways to strategically uh, provide those services in in the rest of the country. So do you see this as a national evolving into a national and maybe international brand? Absolutely. I mean, international is hard to say, but um, you know uh, if you really look at the strategy, you know definitely develop into. Every outbound or every inbound major market from California, and subsequently um, inbound California from from those same major markets. So essentially, ultimately building a, a national network that uh, services every lane that you can imagine. Excellent. If someone would like to learn more about Shift Freight, how do they find you online, Tommy? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're really active in social media. Um, we tweet like crazy. So, <laughs> at Shift Freight, uh, tweet us. We're uh, on a aggressive goal of ten thousand followers. Okay. Closing in quickly. Um, you can also, of course, visit us on our website www.shiftfreight.com or give us a call. I'd love to hear from any one of your listeners. And that number would be eight eight eight. Four three nine four two four one. The customer happiness team would love to hear from you. Oh, I love the name. I tell you, I see a lot of parallels between what I've learned from Tony Shea at Zappos and how you guys are building your brand and model. And I think it's exciting to be able to spend that much time on culture. Absolutely, I take a I take a huge compliment in you saying that. You should. I mean it that way. All right, Tommy Skinner. Thank you for being a friend of the program and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure. It has been. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to wrap up this show today for Critical Mass Radio Show. I hope both of the interviews gave you something to think about. Peer learning is why we do the shows. Maybe you've picked up some new ideas on how you can infuse some new thinking into your company. I'd like to thank our sponsors and advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our Michigan-born engineer is Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is our producer. Kathleen Shepard is our guest coordinator. Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. Our social media and live events coordinator is Melissa Padani, VP of Sales, Rose Chamora, and I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or you want to refer a future guest or advertise on the radio show, visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 